you are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, team, 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 Yo, 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 Dodger fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This is a daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I'm Vince Samperio of Chavez Ravine Fiends, and here with Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential. Jeff, the Dodgers did not play yesterday, but there was a lot of news uh, not regarding the Dodgers and so much. Yeah, it was a it was a weird baseball day to the point where we wondered at some points if the Dodgers would uh, play any more games this season, and I guess we still don't know that for sure. But it seems like they probably will. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna get into all that regarding the outbreak on the Marlins and all the fallout from that, and then we'll get into your guys' questions. We put out a call, and you guys answered. And with some good questions, so we're going to get into that. But before that, a quick reminder to subscribe to Locked on Dodgers, wherever you get your podcasts. When you get in your car, or if you're at home, tell your smart device to play podcasts Locked on Dodgers. All right, Jeff, so we saw the news on Sunday that it would appeared four Marlins players had tested positive for COVID-19. And then Monday morning, it ended up being 14 People in, in total, 12 players and two coaches, they had to cancel their season opener. They're still in flux on what's going to happen. The Phillies and Yankees had to cancel their game because the Marlins were just in the locker room over there. So it was a lot of doom and gloom early on. The day kind of went on and baseball kept happening and everything seemed a little bit back to normal. But uh, this is still something we're going to have to deal with and they're going to have to deal with more specifically. Yeah, and it's... You know, it's hard to know what to think totally because the fact is we knew outbreaks were going to happen. That's why they have 60-man player pools. Um, Maybe they didn't quite expect 11 guys on one team in the first weekend of the season. Uh, But, you know, we knew things were going to happen. And what was surprising to me is that they didn't have better protocols for when that did happen because it was apparently just left up to the Marlins players whether they were going to play on Sunday after four of their teammates had tested positive. And uh, I don't think that's a decision that should have been left up to the players because, you know, most baseball players, most professional athletes are going to, you know, they have that maybe I'm a little bit invincible stamp mind, mindset. Um, I just think, it, you know, so they're going to want to play. And then the other ones, nobody wants to be the guy who say, hey, guys, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's super safe maybe we shouldn't play guys hey guys and so you know nobody's gonna say let's not play and so it shouldn't be left up it's like you know my my son's like youth league baseball coach shouldn't be asking pitchers hey are you still good to go after they've thrown 100 pitches already that's a decision that (laughs) the experts need to be making and uh, you know you shouldn't be asking the players, do you want to play, even though four of your teammates and probably more have COVID. That's a decision that should be made by an impartial third party. And if nothing else, the Phillies definitely should have had all the information and a whole lot of input on whether the game happened because uh, they're out there sharing a field with them. And I don't think you know, like I mean the the 
word came out about the positive tests before the game started, but they were already at the stadium. They were already warming up and stuff. And so I, I, if I was on the Phillies, I'd be pretty ticked off about what happened too. Yeah, I think the biggest part of all this is just that it doesn't seem like MLB had a plan for something like this. It didn't seem, you know, if you get the four positive tests, I, I, they probably shouldn't have taken the field that day. Uh, I'm not sure. It just seemed like a mess, and, and it seemed like they weren't prepared for this, they weren't ready for this, and they just kind of doing it on the fly. And, like, David Price tweeted out how he didn't think the player's health was going to come first, and this kind of confirmed it. And you kind of have to feel that way. I'm, I'm actually, you know, a little surprised we didn't get a few more opt-outs. You know, maybe some guys are, are waiting for it to hit closer to home before they do that. We did have one opt-out for one player, I think, on the Royals, but... Uh, he wasn't even on the roster yet. So it just seemed a little bit, you know, flying by the seat of your pants type of deal. And they, they weren't ready for it. And like I said, the Marlins players shouldn't have had to make that decision and all that. So I don't know, man. It, it's it's interesting. It's weird. It's, you know, you, you don't know what to think. Like I said, we, we kind of figured, assumed some breakouts would happen. But for it to happen the first weekend and, you know, over a th- – over a sixth of the entire player pool is out for one team. It's a little bit crazy, but hopefully that that's all it really is. And, and they, they got it contained at least on their side of things. But I do think that MLB has to step up and get to enforcing some of these things that I don't think they really enforce. Like they said, you know, the high fives and the touching and everything else. And we, we've seen it a lot on, you know, even the Dodgers too. So uh, it might be something to step up, you know, maybe get more. I don't know what else they can do, really. But uh, I think everyone, everyone, in, at least in MLB and the players and everyone should take a step back, look at this and, you know, be a little bit safer. Yeah, I think a lot of the players probably have a mindset of once you're at the field, we've all been tested. We all tested negative. So mostly business as usual. Um, and obviously, <laughs> that's not the case. There's a 113 page document that explains why that's not the case. And yeah, they probably do need to reinforce some of that. It would be interesting to, to see, you know, there was that report from somebody last week, I think it was Dan Clark, who's kind of a wiener, but uh, you know, maybe something to it said uh, an unnamed team has had a lot of players out, you know, at clubs and stuff. And, uh, you know, you have to wonder if that was the Marlins and if there's some obvious reason why this happened with the Marlins uh, that, that baseball can learn from. Uh, but as for David Price, if you have any doubt that David Price is right, oh, Price is right. All you need to know is that Rob Manfred went on record as saying David Price is wrong, which, uh, you know, that's all you need to know. The Price is right. Rob. Hashtag Jeffrey Commissioner, right? Hashtag Jeff for commissioner. <laughs> All right, Jeff, you got any more on this point? No, there's a lot to think about and talk about, and I'm just going to keep my fingers crossed that uh, that we don't see more of these kind of incidents uh, ongoing regularly throughout this season. All right, guys, we got a lot of questions, so we're going to jump into the obscure former Dodger right now. And this guy toes the line of obscure former Dodger. He never actually played for the team, but the Dodgers did acquire him. He tweeted out earlier, that's why he was on my mind. He tweeted out uh, asking the Marlins where, where training camp was or something like that. And that's Mike Morse. Mike Morse, the Dodgers acquired him back in 2015, part of a three-team trade when they got Matt Latos, 
Bronson Arroyo Wood, Jim Johnson, Luis Avalon, Jose Peraza. They DFA'd him right after. Then they ended up trading him to the Pirates for Jose Tabata. Uh, he didn't. He lasted with the Pirates till the next season, but that's it. He mostly known for his time on the Giants. I believe he won a championship with them. Uh, big guy, you know, hit hit home runs when he could. Uh, played for a bunch of teams: Mariners, Nationals. Mariners again, Orioles, Giants, Marlins, Pirates, Giants again. Yeah, won it, won it in twenty fourteen with the Giants. Uh, but other than that, other than his, uh, you know, little short, very short, brief stint as a Dodger, not too much. Uh, he was just on the top of my mind because he tweeted that out. Uh, I don't think the Marlins will be calling him, but who knows at this point? Yeah, who knows? Uh, three notable things about Mike Morris: suspended for PEDs when he was on the Mariners, uh, hit a home run that was called a double at first, and then after replay called a home run, and he had to run the bases backwards and then do a mock swing without a bat in his hand and then run the bases again. And then uh, the third thing is got the concussion in the Hunter Strickland-Bryce Harper fight when uh, he and somebody collided. I can't remember who he collided with, but uh, there was some some head, head-to-head contact there. And uh, Mike Morris, big ugly dummy. <laughs> yeah. All right, we are going to get into all your guys' questions, but first let's talk about CBDMD. And I actually don't have firsthand knowledge of CBDMD, but I did uh, tell people about it this weekend. I had a, a friend who had some knee issues, told them if they had heard of CBDMD and, and some of the stuff that they have, and they hadn't, so they were going to check it out, and that's a good thing because CBDMD... No matter who you are, what you are, what you do, you all need support to make it through the day. And they have a couple things that can help you do that. Specifically, their CBD Freeze with Menthol. It's an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints. And you can get it in an easy-to-use roller or a shareable squeeze tube. They also have their CBD Recover, which is CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds to give you support you need where it matters most. The best part about all of this is that you can get 25% off your order with the promo code LOCKEDONMLB when you go to CBDMD.com. That's CBDMD.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB and get 25% off your order and keep it locked on Dodgers. All right, Jeff, we put out a call for questions and we got a good amount of them. Uh, we'll go back and forth. I'll start with one that I got specifically in my DMs that you can't see. So I'll start with this one first. It's from Quentin at Quentin12 underscore. He asks, what's the long-term outlook on Seager with him set to be a free agent in a couple seasons when Kenley Kershaw and JT's contracts are set to come off the books? Jeff, what do you got on Seager? Um, you know, I don't know what the Dodgers plans are, but, uh, I mean, a lot of it's going to come down to how he does this year. Uh, But that goes both ways because the better he plays this year, the more demand there's going to be. Um, Wait, is he a free agent after this year? No, it's next year, right? Next year. Yeah. Yeah. So the next year and a half he's got to to play. And obviously he's looked really good the last few weeks. We've been watching him. If he can stay healthy. uh, I mean, he's one of the best hitters in baseball when he's healthy. And so if he hits well this year and hits well next year, have to think there's going to be a lot of demand for him um, and and that's going to drive up his price, which uh, A, makes the Dodgers want him more, but B, makes it harder to keep him. And, uh, you know, it's kind of the same, the same boat that every free agent is in. Uh, the better you play, 
the harder it is for your team to keep you, but the more they want to. And, uh, you know, the Dodgers, they have Gavin Lux, who is a shortstop by trade. He's going to be a second baseman for them theoretically this year. Um, but, uh, you know, Gavin Lux could replace Seager at shortstop. Uh, I really like Corey Seager. I'd like to see him stay. Another possibility is him shifting over to third base. There's been a lot of talk about that ever since he was a rookie. People thought he was going to be too big to be a shortstop. And so there's a lot of different options, a lot of different ways this could go. Um, but I am a big Corey Seager fan, and uh, I would love to see him stay with the Dodgers. And, and honestly, I don't, you know, they, they are going to have a lot of guys who demand a lot of money uh, between Seager and Bellinger and Bueller and, uh, you know, even uh, whoever else I'm, I'm forgetting. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's going to be plenty of guys over the next four or five years who they have to pay. Um, but that's kind of the nature of the business, and they have plenty of money, and we don't know what the next CBA is going to look like as far as luxury tax goes. So there's a lot of things up in the air. Um, but I, I am hoping that the Dodgers find a way to keep Corey Seager. Yeah. He has an interesting case. That's for sure. Yep. Um, all right. I'll ask you the one that just came. Well, it came in our text messages and those go to my email. Uh, this is from John from Knoxville. He said, after the first week, am I crazy for wanting to see Dustin May in the rotation instead of Alex Wood? No, I mean, you're not crazy. Dustin May has... Probably the second best pure stuff of any of the pitchers that are considered for starters right behind Walker Buehler. And that's mainly because Walker Buehler is a little more refined. Once May gets a little more refined, he, he may be right up there with Buehler. But, you know, the fact of the matter is there's a lot of different reasons why, you know, Alex Wood didn't have a good start, which doesn't mean he's not going to be good this year. Just didn't have a good start. Uh, Dustin May, you know, the big thing for me with him is, is what I said after last game. Yeah, he did fine. But it was against a, a bad Giants team. And not, not that he can't dominate better teams, but, you know, he needs that third pitch to be able to be an everyday or a, a, a definite rotation guy that's going to be able to go every fifth day and give you six, five, six, no, six plus innings. Uh, you know, he has enough to get you through the lineup probably twice, like most people, just with this fastball slider combo. But, you know, he needs to get that changeup or that curveball working in order for him to, to kind of go through. So with May, yes, he has the stuff. He's definitely a – you definitely want to see him in the rotation more so than some of these other guys. Uh, and we might see him in there in a little bit for a while. But kind of what I said and what I – still believe is that he will be much more valuable to the Dodgers in the playoffs out of the bullpen, being able to pitch, you know, multiple games in a series, big time innings rather than one start where he could only go four or five innings just based on the nature of how the playoffs have been. So I still stick to that, but yes, you, you obviously want to see Dustin May in uh, more of a role of a rotation role. Yeah. But for Wood specifically, it's important to remember he only threw 35 innings last year. So, I mean, he's, he has been on the shelf for a while, so the fact that he was a little rusty command-wise, uh, I wouldn't make too many decisions based off one start. Yeah, exactly. That too. All right, uh, I'll address one question from Clippers Nation. He said, why do you think the season is already over? It's just one loss. Maybe they'll go on a winning streak. Uh, I believe I tweeted that good thing the Dodgers season lasted until July 26 this year. That's obviously a play on the Dodger fans that are calling for doom and gloom already. I do not think the season is over. Uh, all right, let's see. The next one 
We talked about that. Let's see. Let's go. We'll, we'll lump these two together from Brendan. We'll both talk about it. Brendan at MWC Bear and Jeremy. Jeremy from Baco. They ask, one asks, is the bullpen solid enough to go deep in the playoffs? And Brendan asks, do you think the pitching staff is good enough to win a World Series? Yeah, um, I, I think the... I think all the pieces are there. I, I think the Dodgers have a World Series caliber pitching staff. It's just a matter of figuring out who's going to be in what roles. And obviously, we need some guys to step up. We're going to need Julio to pitch better than he did the other day. Obviously, Wood's going to need to pitch better. May, the stuff you mentioned he needs to work on. Um, you know, who knows what role Tony Gonson will play. And then in the bullpen, there's plenty of guys who have great, great stuff, but need to put it together. You know, Gratterall, Kelly, Baez, Kenley, uh, those guys, that they can make a just a lights-out back of the bullpen uh, that could rival any team in baseball if they can put it all together. You know, and, and that's the question. And chances are some of them will put it all together and some won't. And, you know, the, the big downside of this season is you don't have the full 162 games to figure that out. But the benefit is you don't have 162 games of wear and tear when the postseason rolls around. So assuming we get a postseason this year, I think 60 games will be long enough to figure out who's going to be in what roles and hopefully have enough guys who are clicking that, uh, you know, that it, it's not an issue. And uh, I'll let you say something, then I'll have one more point about this. Yeah, for me, you know, there's a lot of points on this. Uh, you know, the Nationals entered the playoffs last year with i believe the worst team bullpen era ever for a playoff team so you just don't really know what that thing is and for me what the dodgers is yes there are teams with better bullpens yes there are teams with better rotations but i don't know if there's many teams with the full better staff like you said a full staff uh, they have a lot of arms a lot of power arms uh, a lot of guys with some nasty movement and yes they've all had things here and there joe kelly has had issues we've seen you know blake training struggled last year jansen struggled last year uh, you know gratterall is still new uh, the other guys they have are all have something you know Baez and alexander clary everyone has these little flaws, but if they cannot collectively come together, then it's one of the best bullpens in the game. And rotation-wise, you know, obviously it's going to depend on Kershaw's health and the way he comes back. But with Bueller, Blue, with Bueller as your number one, that's you know you're going toe to toe with anybody else's number one, and and theoretically should win any time Bueller pitches. And then you go on from there. And if Kershaw's good, he you know I'd. Would prefer to see Kershaw maybe a game three and let some guys with a little bit better stuff go on, but it, it depends what we see from him. And I, I really believe in Julio Wood. We saw just you know a few years ago or three years ago dominate in in the in the World Series at least, and he still has that kind of stuff. And then you go from there and you you round him out with the rest of the staff. So for me, they have the staff to do it. And based on you know what we've seen from other teams in past years and just. A lot of people, I don't know what they compare the Dodgers to. Like, you know, I don't know how many of these people have asked, you know, certain questions. Not that it's a bad question, but, you know, where they see other teams being better than the Dodgers in the pitching staff uh, as a whole. Yeah. And the other thing to remember is, even though it's a cliche that people love to say that pitching wins championships, what actually wins championships is uh, scoring more runs than your opponents in each game. And you can do that by limiting your opponents to very few runs 
or by scoring a crap load of runs. And this Dodgers offense, regardless of what we saw the last two games, this Dodgers offense should put up a bunch of runs in the postseason. Uh, and obviously, you know, you and I get nervous every postseason because the Dodgers bats have kind of uh, gone to sleep in the postseason the last few years. But uh, between the pitching and the offense, uh, hopefully there will be a lot of nine to three games, even in the postseason with, you know, the good guys having the nine. All right, next question. Um, let's go with a question from our buddy Sully. Uh, he's the host of Locked On MLB at Sully Baseball. He said, would winning this year's World Series feel real? It would feel very real to me uh, as a Dodger fan. Uh, you know, that obviously there are some circumstances where it might feel a little less real um, if they play a team that lost half their team to COVID. You know, like I said, it doesn't matter. You play who's in front of you. Uh, but there are things that could maybe diminish it a little bit. But at the end of the day, if they play a full 60-game season, everybody goes through it, they get through the extra expanded playoffs and get, and get through that, yeah, it's going to feel real. And I think it's even more so for the Dodgers just because based on what happened in 2017, you know, that should have been a World Series win. Uh, 2018, you know, regardless of what it is, I think – I don't think they, they – that wasn't the series that, that hurts. The 2017 is the one that hurts. And I think all that bundled up, all that, you know, added to it, all this that's going on, I think it's going to make it feel j just as real, if not more real, than any other World Series. So, yeah, it's going to feel real to me. Yep, absolutely. I agree. All right. Uh, next question. We will go. Uh, I'll give you a softball question, and then we'll go into a real question. Bryce Patrick, our friend of the Locked On Network, host of Locked On Rangers, asks, is Mookie Betts good at baseball? He's better than you, Bryce. Uh, yeah, Mookie's going to be just fine. Obviously, he's off to a slow start offensively. We've seen the impact he can have on defense and on the bases. And uh, when that bat comes alive, and it will, absolutely it will, uh, that's not hopeful. That's, you know, as, as sure a thing as there is, Mookie Betts is going to start hitting. And, uh, yeah, he is going to continue to be one of the five best players in baseball. Agreed. All right, let's go to a real question from Tony at MLGCat282. We talked about this a little last week, but we can get into it. With expanded playoffs giving borderline teams like the Indians a postseason chance, do you think the Dodgers get anyone of impact? If so, do you have any specifics? Yeah, and that's, uh, that's hard because with the expanded playoffs, I mean, you're going to have – I bet you're going to have a couple teams with losing records make it into the postseason this year, and uh, which means it's going to be really hard for teams to give up on their season. Uh, and most of the teams that are going to be giving up are already in rebuilding mode and don't have a ton of big league pieces that maybe would help a team like the Dodgers. You know, because when you're the Dodgers, looking you're looking for upgrades, and there's not many players who are and who would be an upgrade for the Dodgers. And I don't know if any of those guys are going to be available. You know, we, we've talked about the Indians in the past, and, and like this question asks, um, you know, and so, you know, a Francisco Lindor trade, you know, Brad Hand had been a guy who was on people's radar, but uh, from what I hear, he hasn't looked very good, like as far as velocity and stuff. So uh, maybe that's not a desirable thing anyway, you know, but uh, Francisco Lindor, Mike Clevenger, if the Indians did fall out of it, you know, that, yeah, the fact that, the Indians are probably going to be right in the thick of the race by the trade deadline probably changes that. And so it's hard to see not just the Dodgers. It's hard to see much 
major action happening at this trade deadline just because so many teams are going to still be in it. And the teams that aren't, almost by definition, don't have many good players, and that's why they're not going to be in it. Yeah, I can't see there being much action at all this deadline uh, unless it's, you know, a team dealing from strength and to another team that, you know, let's just say like the old way with the the way they matched up the Dodgers Indians. Oh, Indian need hitters in the outfield. Dodgers have a lot of outfielders. Dodgers need pitching. Indians have a lot of pitching. Something like that where it matches up in that sense is the only way I really see something happening. Just based on, like I said, there's going to be a lot of teams that are in the race theoretically and there's going to be other teams that aren't in the race but aren't necessarily like the giants the who do the giants have to offer maybe johnny cueto but even then for the dodgers he's a four or five at best which doesn't help you in a postseason really so you know guys like that where it doesn't matter and you know that's just how it is like i said the dodgers have to upgrade in order to do so and there's really not that many guys out there that are able to upgrade this team yeah, and bite your tongue about Johnny Cueto on the Dodgers, man. <laughs> um, all right, next question from Julius at JXNJX. I don't know how to pronounce words that start with an X. It's just J-X-A-N-D-L-E. That's his Twitter handle. Um, who is the best reliever on the team? Well, I'm already in love with Bruce Argadro. I don't believe he's the best reliever on the team yet, but I do believe he can get there very quickly. Uh gonna sound hmm, it's gonna sound interesting but if i had to pick one guy with the best stuff right now that mixing and matching i feel like i should be singing from hamilton if you had to choose if you had to choose (laughs) uh i'd go joe kelly right now just because the his stuff you know he's been there before he's done things before he can ramp it up when he needs to he has that curveball and when he's going right he's really 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 good and he still throws hard. You know, Jansen still can be pretty solid, but I don't know if he'll be as dominant as he was before. Blake training could very easily be the answer here if he keeps throwing like he does and, like I said, Gratterall with his stuff. Uh, but right now, if I had to pick one, I guess Joe Kelly. Yeah, that's a hard one. Um, I'd probably go with, I don't know, Joe Kelly and Pedro Baez. Can they really be our two picks for this, this <laughs> question? Uh, I don't know, but like you said, there's so many guys who – are kind of lumped together and any one of them could take the lead. I mean, you could picture any one of five guys just taking over as the Dodgers closer this year. Um, if Kenley faltered. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. Luckily, uh, I mean, this is a cop-out answer, but luckily it doesn't matter who's the best reliever on the team. So, uh, so I refuse to answer on the grounds that it may incriminate me. All right, last question. Uh, not so much a real question, but uh, more of one of those Dodger questions from at EXE underscore. It's Josh. What 20 and 40 team will the Dodgers lose to in the first playoff round? Well, luckily, they won't lose to a 20 and 40 team. Um, I was looking last year. If, if this uh, If this playoff structure had been in place last year and based on final winning percentages, the Rangers would have gotten in with a 29 and 31 record and they would have been the worst team in the postseason. Uh, there wouldn't have been any teams under 500 on, in the national league and just the Rangers in the American league. Uh, and so, you know, like I said, I do expect there to be one or two teams that are under 500 that, that make the postseason, but they won't be terrible teams. And I, assuming the Dodgers take care of business and, 
and win their division. Uh, they, they'd have all three games at home. Uh, it's hard to see them. They're going to be playing, you know, hopefully they'll have the best record in the division in the league. And so they'll be playing that team that is under 500. Uh, and they will be playing them a three game series all at home. And so it's hard to see the Dodgers losing that series. Um, you know, anything can happen, but I think the Dodgers are the best team in the national league and they should end up in the World Series. Yeah, assuming they're a one or two seed, that means they're going to play a third-place team. Uh, the potential third-place teams from every division, the Mets or Phillies, the Reds or Cubs or Brewers, uh, and then the Padres or Diamondbacks. None of those teams scare me too much. The Mets... You know, they have one of the best pitchers in the game with Jacob deGrom, so you know it, it kind of cancels out the Dodgers' advantage of having Walker Buehler a little bit, where that could be a game that goes either way. So that's a little scary in a three-game series. Uh, the Reds have some you know, pretty strong pitching that could also benefit them in a three-game series. But other than that, none of those other teams really scare me pitching-wise, so I don't think the Dodgers would have any issue. But like I said, it... It could happen, but I expect this Dodgers team to be a little bit better than that, and I expect Dave Roberts to not do things that he did last year. Yeah, and I refuse to get pessimistic four games into a season <laughs> about what's going to happen in the postseason. Yeah, that too. Uh, all right, Jeff, that's all our questions. Thank you guys all for submitting those. That's a pretty good one. Once you know, When we're in season, we I feel like we'll get better questions like we did this time, so that's good. Jeff, you got anything else before we head out? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about tomorrow. Yeah, Dodgers will be playing the Astros later on. Walker Buehler will be making his 2020 debut. So that should be fun. We'll see how that goes, and we'll be here tomorrow to talk about it. Thank you all for listening. We are the most listened to show on the Locked On Baseball MLB side of things for at least two weeks in a row, probably more, but the two weeks for sure. Are one of our episodes from last week was the most listened to of all the whole locked on mlb network as well so thank you guys for all that for all our new listeners hope you guys are sticking around now that the season's here and for all the regular listeners thank you again you can subscribe download rate review you know listen obviously do all those things tell us about tell your friends about us you know we're in season now so I'm sure people are, are fiending for Dodger content, and we're here to provide it. You can follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at LockedOnDodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vince Amperio. DMs are open on all those accounts if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. Other ways to reach us through call or text, 323-863-LOCK or 5625. And email LockedOnDodgers at we're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us. When you get in your car or if you're at home, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. Beat those dirty Astros, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. I say D-O-D-O-D-G-E-R-S. The team that's all hard, all hard and all thumbs. They're my Los Angeles, your Los Angeles. Do you think we'll really win the pennant? Bye.